uh, everything about that is very disturbing and kind of weird and eerie and hated. Everybody, everybody else hates those people, which is a tragedy for them and a tragedy for many families. And ultimately, uh, it's a societal issue that I don't see being solved because um, I'm not sure that this kind of addiction will ever go away. You know, we, we, we are not at our most Christian when we deal with these people. Put it that way. However, um, Allenville is, uh, has a long feeling of being neglected and mistreated by the county. So for many people in the village uh, and the town of Horse and surrounding, uh, this was seen as, a, as another insult uh, passed down by the county. And uh, as again, to her credit, uh, Metzger, as soon as she heard about it, started making angry phone calls, I think and stopped it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it was an interesting exercise in uh, uh, local politics, county politics, probably, and uh, the politics of addiction, which are very difficult. There's a lot of misconceptions. Uh, methadone people are not using needles. Um, this is not about injections. What they're getting is a small, what, about a quarter of a cup of an orange or red uh, fruit flavored liquid that they that they drink, they need to do that every day to maintain and stop stop themselves having the cravings, and uh, it, it helps them not to want to get high, which is the reason why they always relapse. You know that's why it's such a difficult. Uh, what, what's the right word? Recidivism is that the word for this? That's why it's so hard. And um, you know, methadone allows people to maintain. Now, some people will be on methadone forever. You know, I mean, because they don't have the willpower, but others will gradually taper that off and be able to function and not uh, go back, uh, you know, to to fight off the cravings and become normal people again. It can be done, but it's a very hard road. You know, anyway, so, so it's a sad story, but uh, for the village, it was it was an affirmation of support. Uh, from the county, uh, that the county helped them get this cleared away quickly. And also, it was a, a good sign from the hospital board, because when the board knew about this, they worked hard to undo it. Undo it. So, um, so uh, kudos to the hospital board, as well as to the county executive, uh, really stepping up here. Um, that was the big story of the week. It was, uh, it was a, a very kind of exciting weekend before the meeting, with a lot of rumors and people buzzing around <laughs> You know, the way, way things go, the rumor mill up here is something, you know. And uh... Well, Chris, and I said thank you for sharing that story with us and keeping us updated on what's happening in Ellaville. Chris, we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. Moving right along, Governor Kathy Hochul announced that the city of Port Jervis is the winner of the sixth round of the Downtown Revitalization Initiative, DRI, and will receive $10 million in funding. This initiative aims to transform downtowns into vibrant neighborhoods and boost local economies. We have on the phone with us now Mayor Kelly Decker from Port Jervis to tell us more. Hi, Mayor Decker. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get into the whole grant and why you got it, first off, I want to say congratulations to you and your city for winning this award. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's definitely exciting for us. How did it feel when you received the news that your city was awarded this grant, this $10 million grant? So quite honestly, uh, I, I know that this year when you applied, you applied for the DRI and you applied for the New York Forward, which is a little bit less money. And um, 
you know, uh, you just, you, you always hope and shoot for the stars and hope that you get the 10 million. But I, you know, when I did get the phone call, I was, I, I honestly expected the, the lower amounts. You know, I, I, I even mentioned that to, uh, the, the governor's office when they called and they go, no, you won the 10 million. And I have to be honest with you. I've lived in Port Jervis my whole entire life. Um, except for I traveled the world in the military and, and got to see the world, decided to come back to Port Jervis to raise my family. And, uh, and this is just the icing on the cake. Yes, definitely. So what is the vision for Port Jervis's downtown revitalization? So one of the, one of the things in, in a lot of research is if you have a vibrant downtown, that is only going to help your residential areas. And we have seen that over the last 10 years that I've been mayor. Unfortunately, Port Jervis, like many small towns, especially in New York State, fell victim to first uh, the malls when they were created. And, and we lost a lot of the department stores and specialty stores. And then, of course, the, uh, on the advent of the Internet, we lost even more stores. And here in Port Jervis, there was a real hardship back in 1993 when many major retailers left because they go across the border into New Jersey or Pennsylvania, where it is cheaper to do business. So for, from about 1993 to uh 2015, 2016, Port Jervis had a real hard time downtown struggling uh, to find its way. Um, on top of that, Port Jervis downtown, anybody that's been through Port Jervis, you travel along East Main Street and, and most people totally miss the downtown of the city because um, they, they stay on the main thoroughfare, which is uh, U.S. Route 209, U.S. Route 6, or on up to 9742. So now this this um, grant will not only help continue to reinvigorate Port Jervis. What happened was about uh, about 10 years ago, we started a project where we put a promenade in in our downtown. From there, uh, we really uh, worked hard to find o- new owners for a lot of the abandoned buildings and bi- businesses that were downtown. And now we went from uh, about 10 years ago, we went from about four businesses being open on Front Street to only about four buildings even being vacant in the entire downtown district. So um, our plaza had had fallen into ruins. That is on the rebound. It has been totally reconstructed over um, there. About half the plaza is full now. By the end of of June, there's only going to be a a small amount of the plaza that will be uh, left empty. So um, this downtown revitalization is just going to be the next step on top of those other grants that we've gotten that it, uh, that are going to draw people one downtown with new signage and and new direction as well as um helping existing businesses helping existing uh building owners uh improving access to our recreation improving access to the train station which was uh, a 4.5 million dollar project that was built where we have a fully handicap accessible train station right downtown. It's kind of hidden. And so um, our design in the revitalization would be possibly one of the programs of opening it up so that you can see it. We we put in in, a, in our request almost $14.5 million worth of request of that $10 million. And so what the process now is, is we first have to put together a uh, local committee. Um, that'll happen within the next couple months. And then within seven months, there'll be a plan put in place to start to implement. It has to get approvals through the state. And within five years, 
everything is done. This could be as, as simple as replacing sidewalk to building a, um, a walkway over the uh, railroad tracks to get access um, into the Riverside Park, a 26-acre park in Port Jervis. It, it, it can uh, enhance businesses, uh, revitalize buildings, um, add housing, uh, which is desperately needed, and add to our recreation and hiking and biking trails. That's really great stuff. You said in the press release that many have worked extremely hard over the past several years to improve Port Jervis. Can you talk about that? What efforts have been made in the past several years to improve the city? So one of the things that um, not only myself, but our um, community development agency, as w which is an outside agency that works with the city, as well as um, my department heads, we're constantly looking for grants that are available, whether they're federal or state grants. And wherever we can hit upon those grants and fit it into a project that we want to do, we go after those grants. And we've got a lot of state aid municipal grants um, that have really helped improve downtown. We've also gotten um, some uh, uh, community renewal uh, money that allows us to um, redo our sewer lines over. Um, and we're in the process of doing that. And one of the things that, that really is great about this city, when we're hiring people, we're hiring skilled labor. And we do a lot of our projects in-house. Obviously, with the DRI, you wouldn't be able to do that. That's set up so that, you know, it, it goes out to contracting contractors. But any prep work and things like that is, is done by our own employees. Absolutely. Uh, you, you mentioned replacing sewer lines, and that seems to be the ongoing issue for a lot of towns and villages. Villages here in, in our neck of the woods in Sullivan County, that we're, there are a lot of towns and villages, villages are facing that the aging infrastructure, and and uh, they're they're spending you know a lot of time and money uh, to fix that up for future growth. Yes. Yeah, so when I when I first came in as mayor, we had had a sewer collapse that was about 19 feet under the ground. We started looking at we had a DEC consent order. We had a uh, um, we had to look at the INI, which is the infiltration of water into our sewer system. And ultimately, we had the whole sewer system cameraed. There was a discussion about replacement because some of, some of them are even old wooden type, uh, clay pipe. So, um, it was a $99 million project. And, and where are we going to get that money from? How are we going to get it? And we just started reaching out to different places. And then a, um, we came into, actually, it was our, our Department of Public Works who came into a project that said, hey, you can reline these sources. And basically, it's a, it's a fantastic idea. What you do is you take the, this, it, it's almost like a flexible fiberglass, um, um, it's it's kind of frozen. Well, it is frozen, and it's and it's drawn through a sewer line that had been dried out. So, like for one day, everybody's got to stop using. They plug up all the sewer lines, and they don't allow any sewage to go in in a section of pipe. Let's say from one corner to another corner, and we feed this fiberglass pipe through, and then they blow it up like almost like a balloon, and they heat it, and it becomes a hardened shell plastic inside that old pipe and then there's a little robot that goes in and cuts what's called the laterals meaning from the building into the main pipeline and the pipe is now ha now has that pipe has a 250 year uh lifespan by doing that we reduced our sewer cost that that 
that $99 million down to 20, about $20 million. So even though $20 million is a huge number, it's a, a tremendous amount of savings from $99 million. So we reached out for loans and we've gotten some $700,000 loan, $500,000 loan, our grant, I'm sorry, grants. But then, um, and then we got uh, the EFC came in and what we did is we got a $5 million grant for that with a $20 million 0% interest loan, which is just phenomenal. We're, we're doing the project. Our DPW workers learned how to manipulate the robots and, and, and we bought the equipment to be able to line our own source. So we don't even have an outside company doing it. We have our own Department of Public Works doing this project. Absolutely. Sounds like a lot. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the infrastructure because, you know, if you're planning to have all this future growth, the infrastructure has to be in place. You mentioned some timelines and it looks like things are going to be sort of completed by seven years around that time. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so as far as the DRI goes, it takes about seven months to do all the planning. Once the planning's done, uh, the projects, there, there'll be multiple projects and they can change from our application. They, you know, uh, we, we're pretty solid on a lot of the things that came from our application, but there may be some changes. We put them all into the state. The state goes through them. The state has to approve them. Then we go out to bid and the project, the, the, the deadline for the projects to all be done is five years. A lot going on, and, and great that you have this grant now to sort of continue all the efforts that, they, that your city has been doing. Mayor Decker, before we go, um, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about? Um, no, I, we welcome the people of Sullivan County. As I go up to Sullivan County many, many times, uh, I, I've got a lot of friends up there, and uh, I always consider us good, good partners in county, back and forth. Um, all, all your listeners, we welcome you to Port Juris. Come check us out as, as we're in this construction phase and, you know, even thereafter. Come visit our, um, visit our website at portjurisny.gov and see the events that we have. And as a matter of fact, this Sunday, we have the uh, um, St. Patrick's Day Parade and Barney Blast. It goes right into downtown uh, Port Jervis. Absolutely. That sounds like fun. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mayor Kelly Decker, for talking to us, letting us know about this funding that you got for the Downtown Revitalization Initiative and all the great things that are in in store for all of us in the future. We'll be talking to Mayor Kelly Decker, the mayor for Port Jervis, letting us know about the $10 million grant they got from New York State. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us on the program, and we'll talk to you again so hopefully soon. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. We'll be right back. We'll get to talk to Lindsay Wheat from Solo 180 about the Narcan training having at the Chi Hive. You're listening to the Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Hi there, this is Brian, host of The Secret Show, letting you know my program is moving to a new night, Friday nights at 9. I'll be playing a mix of indie, alternative, college, rock, and pop, some new music, and some old classics. That's The Secret Show, Friday nights at 9, only on Radio Catskill, 
Listen local. This week on Notes from America, how can we read history from a totally new perspective? So we think about these representative figures, these notable figures. So how does one write an account of a nameless figure? I'm Kai Wright. Join me for a conversation with cultural historian Saidia Hartman. Sunday evening at 6, live on Radio Catskill. Welcome back to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Friday, Patricio Robayo. Sullivan 180 has teamed up with the Sullivan County Public Health to provide a free Narcan training session at the Chi Hive in Nilesburg, New York. This training will start at 6.30 and is happening on Thursday, March 9th. Every participant will receive a kit to take home at no cost. Leading the training is Lindsay Wheat from Sullivan 180, who also will be joining us on the phone to provide further information about this upcoming session. Lindsay, welcome to the program. Our county is facing an opioid crisis. Where are the highest overdose rates outside of New York City is happening right here in Sullivan County. So this is an opioid crisis. So this is this training that you're having in the Chi Hives. It's it's important. Yeah. So so we are we are the highest in, in New York State. And to end this opioid crisis here in Sullivan County, we have to battle it together as a county. You know, there's a lot of opinions surrounding naloxone. All, all I can bring it back to is this is happening. This is happening next to you. This is happening where you shop. And uh, a few months ago in ShopRite, there was a young man who unfortunately experienced overdose in ShopRite in the meat market. And there were two young women in there. And one young woman was trained in Narcan, had Narcan on her, and she saved this young man's life and gave him a second chance um, prior to first responders arriving on scene. Um, so no matter what your opinion is on this, and, and I know there it, it's tough, but this is happening. It's happening in our county, and we need to come together as a county to to end this. Wow, that's amazing. Like I said, I heard the recommendations that now in this time, you should be carrying Narcan in your wallet, or not in your wallet, but like in your purse or your bag to sort of in case something like this just just happens. So, and I'm sure that that's a recommendation that you have, that you should be carrying this Narcan with you. Absolutely. This is happening in your local stores, you know, your Walmart, your ShopRite, your Family Dollar. This is happening. Um, and you never know where you may be in the situation where you could be somebody's second chance. And each participant will, will receive one free Narcan kit to take home with them. Can you explain a little bit about the, about the program that night uh, next Thursday on the Chi Hive, what exactly folks can expect? Yes, of course. So um, this, th there are slides, um, very informative slides, uh, which are about 30 minutes. And it really teaches you what Narcan is, um, what an opioid is, and what it does to your system, and how Narcan reverses the effects of an opioid. Um, we go over our uh, numbers in our county, kind of just to bring a realistic approach to, to what is happening right here where we live. Um, and then we also inform our 
county, our community, of what services we have here um, to let you know that we are we really are fighting this this battle together and efficiently. And then we always leave space for conversation, and and we usually hold some really great conversation and questions after. So in essence, it's about an hour. And you mentioned like this is a battle against the opioid crisis, and I know. Of you, we spoke to you a couple of times already about the opioid crisis and wh- what work you are doing. And one of the things you are doing is you're part of the Hope Net Handcuffs. You are one of the angels for Hope Net Handcuffs. Can we talk about that a little bit and sort of give us an update and what work you have been doing with Hope Net Handcuffs? love talking about Hope Net Handcuffs. What an incredible program that we have here. And being an angel is so rewarding, um, and I cannot say enough about it. And it's it's a a training. I mean, I did it over Zoom during um, our uh, during COVID, and I know they have in-person trainings now. But we're really being the avenue for someone for a chance for someone to go and get treatment. So someone who is is really um, experiencing substance use uh, disorder is they're already feeling down, right? And it's hard and and they feel hopeless. And sometimes getting yourself into treatment, whether it be finding the right treatment or just taking that first step can be very difficult and you can hit a lot of walls. So we are that in-between. We are the person who hits those walls for you so that we can make sure that you do get into treatment um, right there and then. So anybody who is experiencing substance use disorder can walk into um, our police stations, uh, Monticello, Fallsburg, Liberty, our sheriff's department, say simply, I'm here and I need help. And the police, somebody at the police department will reach out to Hope Not Handcuffs, who will then dispatch an angel, um, generally two angels together, and we will come there to the department and we will help um, these people. And I can't say enough about um, how gratifying it is to really be a part of this person's journey. Absolutely. We would just had on not to, this week we had the district attorney uh, acting district attorney and he was talking about his involvement with hope and handcuffs now that he is the da and taking the place of megan galligan and he talked about you know his involvement and, and all the good things he's doing with hope and handcuffs so and it's good that we have you know an active path to help all of us get involved and and try to combat the opioid crisis that we have here. It, it is. We we do have an incredible and strong community here, um, but it takes nothing less than us coming together and, and doing this together and, and spreading the resources that we have, really making our community aware of the resources that we do have right here. Absolutely. Uh, Lindsay, before we go, is there anything else we have not touched on you want folks to know about this training session you're having coming up on March 9th at 630 at the Chi Hive in Narrowsburg? Um, yeah, so if anybody is, else is interested um, in a free Narcan training, they may contact me at um, lindsay at sullivan180.org. So that's lindsay at sullivan180.org. We were talking to Lindsay Wheat from Sullivan 180, talking about the Narcan training that's happening at the Chi Hive in Narrowsburg on March 9th at 6.30. Thank you so much for joining us on the program, letting us know about this training. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the local edition. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be talking to the Sullivan County government and also talking to the Sullivan County Democrat about what's happening in the news. I've been your host, Patricio Robayo. 
Have a good night, Lucy. This is Radio Casco, your NPR station. Coming up for you is the mixtape. Have a safe and great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Support for Radio Catskill comes from The DeBruce in Livingston Manor, New York, an award-winning restaurant and internationally recognized hotel overlooking the Willowemic Valley. TheDeBruce.com From The Cooperage Project in Honesdale, dedicated to building community through performance, learning, markets, and good times. TheCooperageProject.org And from listeners like you. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. You're listening to Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania.